This is episode 11 with associate head coach of the Ohio State women's basketball program, Patrick Klein. I am so excited to have Patrick Klein on today. He is the associate head women's coach at Ohio State, has been there for six years, but also went to school there. And during his time, they've had some amazing success on and off the court. We sit down, we talk about his journey, uh, his thoughts on leadership, communication, and culture. And we also touch on something that he has grown since 2003. He is the founder and director of the I Believe Foundation, which provides leadership, communication, and problem-solving skills to Appalachian youth. I'm telling you, you are going to love this talk, and we really, really break it down. Enjoy it, guys. Before we get started on this amazing episode, I'd like to thank some of our sponsors. Dr. Dish Basketball provides the premier training machines in the world with next-level analytics and versatility. Their newest innovation, Skill Builder, is the first of its kind and allows coaches and players to stay connected. Through Skill Builder, you can choose or create complete workouts combining shooting, ball handling, conditioning, and agility drills. Check out drdishbasketball.com for more details and information. We're also sponsored by Game Inc. Being a coach these days isn't easy. Between travel, recruiting, practice, game day preparation, and a host of other responsibilities, coaches rarely have an opportunity to build the relationships necessary to take their careers to the next level. As any good coach will tell you, the key to success is teamwork uncommon individuals working towards a common goal. At Game Inc., we believe in just that, working hand-in-hand to create opportunities for our clients. Visit GameIncOnline.com for more information. And finally, Athletic Director U. They were founded with one goal in mind, to empower the college athletics community by delivering action-oriented insights and best practices from accomplished executives, top researchers, and the industry's most influential thought leaders. Athletic Director U seeks to create a transformative learning platform for all members of its community. Visit athleticdirectoru.com and sign up for their informative daily newsletter. And now, back to the show. Guys, thanks so much for joining us. We've got a great special guest. You can tell we are on Skype, which eventually will make them the official sponsor of the Be Contagion Leadership Experience. <laughs> But today we've got a very special treat. We've got Patrick Klein, the assistant or associate head coach? Associate head coach. Woo! Associate head coach <laughs> at The Ohio State University. Man, what's going on? How are you, man? Hey, I'm, I'm living. I love that we both got the glasses on. Nerds, man. That's, that's just representing the nerds in the country. The great thing is that we both got glares going on. I know. When it comes to that. But... We're going to get dive right in there right away because um, I don't definitely don't want to waste anybody's time who's listening to the podcast or even watching on YouTube. Um, Coach, you're at Ohio State. Tell us kind of like your journey a little bit and how you got to where you are now. Well, I think that it's, it's important to say that I went to Ohio State and I tried to walk on. Um, and, and I tell this story all the time. I remember distinctly like my dorm mates like making signs and cheering me on. And I came back from the tryouts, and I was like, I made the team, and they, like, cheered, and it was the women's practice team. So uh, I think that, that all great failures lead to something, and, and what it was, it, it really did. Um, it allowed, introduced me to Jim Foster, who was a mentor, 
um, and, and really gave me the opportunity to coach at Ohio State and be a, a student manager to a, a GA, um, which helped with video. And then I gained my first job under Jolette Law uh, at the University of Illinois. I spent three years there and was fortunate enough to come back to Ohio State and coach at your alma mater, which is a dream, as you know, and um, the rest is history. And was lucky enough, you know, Kevin McGuff got the job um, four years ago and, and was fortunate enough to stay on with him. And it's just been a – I've had the perfect journey, man. And uh, I've really had some incredible mentors along the way. And that's really what, what separates um, for me is how lucky I've been with the people around me. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you talk about mentors. Um, and, and I want you to dive in a little more into mentors in, in terms of how did you approach them for help? Did they help you on their own? Did you have to go to them? And coach, if I cut you off from time to time, it's because I, I'm hearing some nuggets and I got to pull it out. I love I know it. it's going to be good. So go ahead. No, I think that as you know, this game is really about the people that one, you can learn from and two, that can sort of build your network. And for me, Coach Foster was, was exactly that. I mean, think about it. you got a Hall of Fame coach who had been in a lot of different universities, you know, St. Joe's to Vanderbilt to Ohio State. And for me, he introduced me to assistants like Pete Godet, mm -hmm. uh, a dude guy, you know, yeah. and, and probably the most famous post coach outside of Pete Newell, who they were best friends. And so to be able to sit into a video room or an assistant coach's office for hours listening to stories about Christian Leitner um, and, and whomever else. Right. But to, those are the, those are what make you as a coach. It's not so much, um, you know, reading books or, or doing that. It's those experiences of late nights watching film with them and seeing the details and the intricacies that they see and appreciating that. But, you know, the same type of mentorship is with, you know, my boss now where, you know, you go and you say, hey, I really want to do more. I want to learn more. I want to be more. And he takes you along to go meet Vance Wahlberg. And you get to, to meet the guy that invented the dribble drive. Right. And so those are the stories to me that that are ingrained the most in my sort of career path. Oh, I think that's – you know, I know Pete Goddard. He, I actually have like his post book. He has like that yes, tree the thing. tree. Yeah, that <laughs> tree thing was crazy. What's crazy is I don't. Were you there at Ohio State when Debbie Black was there? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I mean, it's another great example of somebody who is a legend in this game. Yeah. So, so a few. This has to be like seven years ago. Uh, I met Coach Foster because Coach Don Casey, who's like a, a second That's dad. Yeah, yeah. So I I was there when they shot the whole um, video of championship sports. And I went to Coach Foster's house, and I always talk about his house because his house was, like, long with, yep. like, this piano in it. I, I know the people who are listening, like, why are we talking about someone's house? But I'm <laughs> telling you, know, for someone who does not own a house, I thought it was a really cool house. Yes, no, he – Coach Foster was – I mean, it, listen, if there's a guy that um, can talk about politics, where to eat, um, and just giving life, and, like, those are, those are um, really cool things that you remember, like, watching. I mean, think about Don Casey and Jim Foster in the same room. Right. That's basketball, like, heaven. <laughs> yeah, and you can't get a word in with either one of them. I don't even no. know if they're listening why? to each other. But why? Yeah, why? 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 I mean, they just soak it in. <laughs> I love it. Now, I consider you, you know, we're, we're both uh, assistant coaches, one of the top, both of us for some of the top programs in the country. I yeah. see you all over the place. I consider you and I admire you as one of the top 
recruiting coaches in the country. Not say you only recruit, but no, in terms of where sense. you are, you're always lurking in the shadows, which I think this <laughs> makes you really, really good. But that means you communicate really well. Like, what are the keys that you have kind of learned or sharpened through the years to communicate great? Well, I mean, it, this is like life 101. Effective communication and, and is the key to everything. You have to be able to present. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher or a doctor or a nurse. You have to have great communication skills if you want to be really successful. And I think that, um, and I'll tell you a great story. When I, I I come from an Appalachian town, and I have a sl- I, like a, a you know a little slang, you know, and uh, when I it, not me. when I got to college, I had to work on that. I had to learn because I wasn't a great speaker, and so I used to read the New York Times out loud, and my roommate would tell me and say, "That's not how you pronounce that word." I love it. Um, but those are serious, serious stories. I mean, I had to learn to be a better speaker. And this is something that's really, really important. When it comes to recruiting, you have to connect. And it's always about the audience. And I think that for me, it's trying to find ways to connect, whether that's reading um, teen books or um, finding a a show like Pretty Little Liars or whatever it is. (laughs) Because you know and I know that it's more about basketball. It's more than basketball. And so you have to be able to connect on a different level. And I think that the biggest thing is, okay, do they believe in you? Do they trust you? And do they know that you care? Um, Dean Smith was really big on that. They got to know you care. And if they do, they'll run through a wall for you. And that's what I think that and, – and to go back to mentors, Joe Letlaw, one of the best recruiters in the country. Yes, I spent three years just trying to learn from her because she had so much experience at Rutgers as the associate head coach for 13 years under C. Vivian Stringer. And so she taught me a lot of the details of recruiting that I still use every single day today. I love the story about you reading the New York Times. You know, I grew up with a stuttering problem, and I, I didn't even know what the New York Times was growing up in, the, in L.A., but I would always get, like, those Athlon basketball magazines. Yeah. And I was, yeah. like, look in the mirror. Well, no, I had to look and try and see how it would come across, and it would take me, like, 20 minutes to get through one paragraph. Yeah. I can't imagine changing your accent with it. No, and it wasn't so much about like the accent piece because, you know, that's one of the things that people associate accents with like not being smart. And it was more about just like building my active vocabulary because I knew that if I wanted to be a good speaker, that I needed to be able to speak better and and slower and, and get rid of stutters and ums and all those great things that we do naturally. Right. I do ums a lot. When Me too. I, when I listen to myself, I'm like, oh, man, that's not that, – that is not good. I love the communication piece. So obviously that, you know, at Be Contagious, we always talk about communication, but we always talk about leadership. But really I want you to talk about leadership within yourself um, in terms of how you have stayed motivated. And I'm not a big fan of the word motivation, but how do you get inspired every single day to do what you do? Well, I think that that goes back to the people in your life and, and the, the purpose. Uh, for me, I have a I have a bunch of purposes um, outside of coaching. So, you know, it's 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 really just being able to to how can you make an impact? Uh, for me, that's my guide. Like, how can I impact people? And I do that in a different you know different ways. Whether that's through my foundation or through work that I that I do outside of basketball. But that to me is growing can happen two ways when you get our age, in my opinion. The first one would be reading, 
you know, and, and, and that's a big piece because you can really learn from other people's stories. But the second one would be relationships. I mean, sitting down with people and hearing. And Tom Herman, who's the head coach at, at uh, Texas, uh, he was an urban disciple and, and obviously an incredible offensive coordinator for Ohio State. We won the national championship. And he, ta- he talked about something in uh, one time, and it really hit home to me. And it was it, he said, the key to be successful is to imitate and then innovate. So find the person that's the greatest, the best, the, the elite in that particular subject that you need to get better in or that's where you want to own. Imitate them. But you can't just imitate them because that probably won't work for you. But imitate them and then innovate to fit you and what makes you great. I love that. I mean, I think too many people think that imitation is, is wrong or bad, but we're, if we spend so much time trying to reinvent the wheel, we're not going anywhere, man. Correct. You know, Correct. we're not going anywhere. So imitate. And, and it, I love that you said that because I think, you know, I used to work with actors and actors are the best form of imitators. And, and that's why I think that, you know, when we look at our student athletes today or just athletes at the pro level or high school level, they learn from imitation. Learning from even just watching is such a big, big thing. Yeah, and I'll give you a great example. Kelsey Mitchell, I, th- I mean, she's, she's one of the best players in the country, if not the best. And every day she comes in uh, with a move, right? She's watched or seen, and she tries to do it until she gets it down, and then she gets it down. Then she tries to do it in a game. And so those are, it, those are ways that players can grow as basketball players. And, and I think that that's what's really important about watching the game is that you can pick up so much from what's going on right now, um, the playoffs. Now, taking that, that's from the player's perspective. Have you seen any examples from just a person perspective? Of? Of in terms of, of imitation um, or even like wanting to learn, like Kelsey come in trying to learn a new move. Yeah. For something off the court that maybe you've seen. Well, I think that um, there's a million coaches that try to call and say, hey, let's talk about dribble drive or let's talk about the press. And I think that that's the best way. I mean, when I sat down with Vance Wahlberg, it it allowed me to see that whole thing in a whole new perspective. I mean, you can can study something, but if you don't know the why behind it, then you're really going to miss out on it. And I think that that's what – I'll give you a great example with the dribble drive. You know, you look at it and you say, okay, it's unorganized. Um, It's a selfish form of basketball. Um, You have to have great creators to run it. And I think that that's so wrong. I think it's probably one of the most organized uh, offenses. It's like, hey, we're going to do this. If this is stopped, then we do this. If that is stopped, and then we do that. And so, like, it actually is a very simplified and, and organized thing. And so I just think that if you can really find the why behind it, and, and as you know, when you talk about zone defense, I mean, if you, if you know why you do things, you're going to be better at teaching it, and you're going to be better at doing it. So, so now what's your why? Like what, what it gets you going? What is your why every single day? Um, for me, uh, it's, it's on the basketball court, it's being more efficient. I think that that has been something that I've wanted to focus in on. Uh, both offensively and defensively. I probably am, am the weakest on that side of the floor, I'll admit. Uh, but offensively, how can we be more efficient, uh, play faster, but yet still not you know, increase our turnovers, uh, you know, points per possession? How can we get better um, sort of ideas and shots and, and ma- manufacture the best type of situation for us based on what the defense is doing? 
So that would be my why on the on the basketball recruiting. It would be the fit, finding people that really fit because you know there's an epidemic now with transferring, and I think that goes back to finding kids that fit, finding kids that um, fit your head coach too, um, and and then all obviously finding kids that can be successful within the system. Uh, and then last in life for me, it's it's impacting others. You know, I was lucky enough to have people that pushed me along the way. I, I won the parent lottery, uh, coach, and and so I had two great parents, but I also had a lot of mentors that drug me upward. And um, so I'm just trying to pay it back because I was so lucky and fortunate. No, I, uh, parenting is a huge – I love that you give homage to your parents, man. It's, it's, they're, the, they're, the, they're the real MVPs, man. You know, isn't it amazing? We, only, we could say that when we're older. That's, yeah, that's oh, thing. I've had some battles for sure. Yeah, I mean like my son now, my son's 16, and I, he doesn't hate me, but he sometimes feels like I hold him back all the time when you said, I'm, I'm dragging him up. Let's go, man. Yeah. we got to get things going. They just don't know, I, and I, I, I'm excited to talk um, this weekend at my high school. I'm doing a graduation speech, and that's one of the things that I, I'm trying to reminisce of being that age. And the one thing my mom always told me that was the hardest to understand, it's like you are who you hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get that because like I'm like, I don't, I don't do that stuff. I don't want to do that. Like That's not me. But what, what she was trying to say is when you hang out with great people, they're going to move you upward. And when you hang out with bad people, you may not do what they do, but they're going to bring you downward. And I think that that's something that I remember being very hard to understand at 15 and 16 years old. Yeah, there's always they always talk about my my parents said the same thing, but they always talk about like your your five closest friends or the people you hang out are they helping or hurting? And I think as we get older, we hang around the same type of people. But as we get older, we really have to self evaluate and say, all right. Are you really helping? Do you add yeah. value? And do I add value to you? Correct. No, those are those are conversations that are hard because these are your best friends. Um, but I think that, as you know, at the end of the day, if there's people out there that are going to push you and tell you the truth, that's my gauge. Or will they tell me the truth when I'm really stinking it up? Um, because we all have, we all have bad days, man. You know, it's it's there's going to be rainy days and. Who's going to be there to tell you uh, to tell you the truth, and who's going to be there to help push you through when things get really tough? Yeah, they, uh, Jack, that's it. You know, Jack Clark is the rugby coach over at Cal, and he Great talks guy. about you know. Oh, we saw him. We saw him together. We saw seven. Him that's right. And I still that's talk about to this day about how he says how relationships can bear the weight of truth. You know it, and and it's so true. It's it's. And, and you see it with our team. You see it with, with, I know, my friends or people I'm around. It's sometimes like, no, nah, I don't want to tell that guy this or this girl this. But you got to tell them so they really get to a great level where you have that relationship. No, and I think that that's one of the biggest misconceptions that um, kids uh, don't want to hear the truth. I think it's that that's one of our big problems is we tell them you know so many things and sometimes they know when you when you're not telling the truth to them when you you know you really are upset or they aren't living up to the expectations and it's better it's better to be honest because they're going to get more out of it and they're going to hear more um in the future and they're going to trust that they can come to you when uh they need to hear something that they uh haven't been doing right they're smarter than we think man oh yes they are they listen they they can control these little phone things like crazy so yeah, now we got to get them going. Now, talk about your foundation. You have been running a special foundation for for years now. Yeah, and it's growing, and it's it's a big service for kids in a certain part of the country. 
Yeah, so I grew up in the Appalachian region, which uh, unfortunately is known for you know lack of resources, lack of education, funding. And um, right now, I think that only 17.7% have four-year degrees in that region. And so what I did is when I first came back to Ohio State, it was really, really important that I did something for that region. And so I got together with a couple of buddies and said, hey, let's send some kids to sort of like a life skills camp. And that year we raised twelve thousand dollars. And coach, I thought that was like ten million. I was celebrating that like I was Bill Gates, man. That's right. And uh, but what it, what really happened was that thirty four kids that I found out afterwards that we really impacted their life. And so to hear their stories um, were was just incredible. What they go through on a daily basis, the, their work schedules, the sacrifices that they do for their families. Uh, I wanted to do more. I, it sucked me in. And so fast forward to last year, we did half a million dollars for kids from the Appalachian regions of Ohio, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania. And so we're, we're going to go well above um, a thousand kids this summer alone. And to date, every single kid is in a higher education forum. So it's, it's, this is my why right there. Um, to, to know that 50-plus first-generational college students are in college, that we have 45 different colleges and universities represented across the country where we have I Believe kids at. We have seven in the Ivy League, two at MIT. And these kids are, are not only like being successful and being examples for their peers back home, but what they're doing is they're committing to go back into the region and making an impact. They committed 10,000 service hours to the region this year. And so, like, any time that you can tell a kid that may not be well off or may be struggling when it comes to finances, that they can make an impact whether they have $5 or $5 million, then they're going to live a different life of gratefulness. And if you can live a life of gratefulness, man, there's, there's the sky's the limit for your happiness. Wow. I'd say, I mean, the numbers alone, you said 17.7. Now, go back. Tell our audience where exactly is that region? So if you, it goes all the way up from New York and all the way down to um, like Alabama, Arkansas. Wow. And so it, it, what it is is it's the regions that surround the Appalachian Mountains. And as you know, a lot of those regions were coal, you know, that coal-driven uh, communities. And now it's just, you know, that's sort of over with. It's drained out. And so you have these big coal plants and power plants that are just taken away. And so it's just jobs gone. And so what happened was, in a lot of the regions, so did in the communities. They fell. The school districts fell. The funding fell. The jobs fell. And so what happened was less and less opportunities existed for these young people. And so it's just hard. I mean, when you see these kids, I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my favorite kids to talk about, her name was Brooke. She woke up every morning at 4.30 in the morning and was a lifeguard from 4.30 to 6.30. Then went to high school from 7.30 to 2.30. She was a three-sport athlete. And then after practice, after school, she went and went back to work at the hospital from 6.30 to 10.30. And she did that every day. And so when I met Brooke, she had like a 3.8 and like a 24 on her ACT. I said, Brooke, where are you going to college? She said, oh, I can't afford college. And that, that was like a punch to the gut, man. It's just like... To be able to hear that and her just not understand that there's financial aid that exists, there's scholarships that exist, that 
you know, if you go to college, your siblings are at a more likely chance. But if you go to college, your kids are at an 85 plus percent more likely chance. So when, when I talk about like trying to provide this opportunity, I'm also talking about changing a generation of families because these kids now will go to college and change sort of this mentality that's been compounding year after year after year. But it's hard because a lot of them are needed to raise money and work for their family. Once they graduate high school, they see a job at like a plant making $30 an hour, and that's a ton of money right out of high school. But what they don't realize is that's the ceiling for the rest of their lives. And so breaking that in their head and that mentality that, hey, you can go to college and it's going to take money and it's going to take time, but your future is going to be a lot brighter and, and your path to success is going to be a lot easier if you do that. I, I love your why. I love what you're doing. But this, you know, I, I, I still, I believe in therapy. So I go to a therapist like at least hey. once every two weeks. I, and, I, I can and, relate. And as I get older, I'm getting impatient. Right. So I'm telling my therapist, I'm like, gosh, everybody's going slow. Everybody's doing this. And he said, Hernando, you're being ridiculous, first of all. But I want you to really think about this way. Um, They are human beings and you are a human doing. Okay. So what makes you a human doing? Because everything you're saying, people think of doing it, but they never do it. So how did you get to that level? Well, I, I will tell you two things. One, um, I'm about action, and uh, this is a big deal because I talk about this often. You, there's a lot of idea people out there. There's a ton. I have this idea. I want to do this. I want to start this. But my, my sort of experience has been this. Do it, learn from it, and fail forward because it's never going to be perfect. So just as long as something goes wrong, just learn from it. But if once you start it, you're more likely to continue it onward. And I think that that's what a lot of people are afraid to do. You know, one of my favorite quotes is jump and the net will appear. I, I kind of live my life like that. It's like, hey, it could be a risk, but at least I'm going to try. Yeah. At least I'm going to go down swinging. And what I've found is every time that I've done that, it's all worked out. And it's it sort of makes you who you are, too. I mean, it's okay to fail as long as you fail forward. And uh, like that's that's my biggest thing, and I'd say the second thing is like, quit comparing yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. You have your own journey, and sometimes that journey you need to take a step back, and maybe you need to take a step over to get a little bit farther. And and we're all impatient because we sort of want instant access and instant gratification. But once you find that passion inside of you. You're, you'll know because it's going to wake you up every day, man. It's going to yes, wake you up, and you're going to you're going to be like, "Let's go, let's let's hit the ground running." Now, how? So, where did you get come up with the concept failing forward? And were you ever afraid of failing? Uh, I don't. I, I'm not because I think that there's always something that you can learn from it. Uh, actually, one of my best friends, he's the one that always said his name's Ben Scrag, and he's been a business partner with with me for a long time. But more importantly, my best friend. He always talked about failing forward, and I don't know where he heard from it, but it, it really made sense to me. Um, and as long as you uh, have a, a path, stay on the path, and then if, 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 if you get thrown off the path, you got to get back on it somewhere. And guess what? Sometimes it's a whole different path, and I think that that's what a lot of people are afraid of. They, they, they think that they want to have total control of the path. 
And so if something goes wrong, it's like, hey, it's not meant to be. And that's so not it. It's not that it's not meant to be. It's the, hey, it's just meant to be some way different. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've heard this before. I can't remember who I heard it from. But it's about surrender. And But people take the word surrender as just giving up. And Correct. Instead of saying, wait a second, like here is one part, here's the other part. Surrender is really in the middle. Because if you, if you surrender, there's so much good that could come up with it. With it, and and like, by you not having that, like you're you're not afraid of fe- fear. Like I, it took me years for me not to be afraid of fear, because I was like, well, should I do this? Should I do that? And then now you're like, you know, who cares? Let's just go. Let's get it done. Well, I mean, why why not? Like, think about all the things I would have missed if I didn't do that. Yeah. And I tell people this all the time because they'll they'll say, man, what you're doing with your foundation is crazy awesome. Like you're changing kids' lives, and this is what this is what people don't understand. That foundation has helped me so much grow as a person and appreciate my perspective and what I have and how lucky I've been. Those kids have given me way more than I've ever thought about giving them. And the people that it's connected me with along the way, um, the business leaders who are donors, the teachers and principals who give every single day in a region where it's tough. They're not paid a lot of money, but they love it because they love teaching. Like those are the people that are the real heroes, as you know, and um, it just it just changes your mindset when you when you think about what you're gaining every day instead of what you're failing on. If you think about everything that you're gaining, it's going to motivate you to do something a little bit more. It's like that golf round, you know, and you hit that that shot, yeah. and you like, man, I, that's what I've been picturing in my head this whole time. And so the, the one thing that I will tell you that, and I think that this is where a lot of people get, get it wrong, is they'll start something, but they won't do it at the level that they should. It's, it's, it's like, I'm afraid to go all in, because if I go all in, then I'm really out of loss if I, if I fail. And I think that that's the, alt, the, the opposite way you should think about it. It's like, hey, I'm going to go all in because that's the right way. And when people see that I do it the right way, they're coming on board. Right. They're all in. I love the gaining, taking a look at what you're gaining and not what happens when you fail. There's, there's so, I mean, I tell you, guys, whoever's listening to this right now on the Be Contagious podcast, I'm telling you right now, you are getting a clinic on no, how stop. to adjust your mindset. No, I'm telling you, Coach, because I tell you, you know, I think people believe or they want to believe what you're saying, but what you've done is take action, right? You're taking some of the poorest parts of the country, and you're making an impact. You and your foundation, it's I Believe Foundation, and making an impact with it. And it's changing your life every single minute. How many people are in the organization? So we have um, this this summer, like I said, up to this summer, we had 1,025 kids go through the program. And this summer alone, I think we're right now, we have 900 kids already signed up. So we're going to match our first five years combined. But it, it really is, as you know, the team. I'm sort of just the guy that has the vision. But the people that are doing this every single day are the team. And I have an incredible program director. Um, I have an incredible director of West Virginia. Uh, I just hired a 23-year-old out of college to be our, our um, assistant director of operations. And she is absolutely phenomenal because she has this mentality of, hey, I love this region. And because of that passion, it drives her to be great every single day. And so, but the, the thing that's really crazy is the interns that we have. And we, we get kids that have been through the program and want to give back. 
And just to, to see they're, they're at, at 18, 19, 20 years old, they want to give back to the organization because they knew how much it gave to them. And that's, that's when you know that you're doing the right thing. And that's what the team we talk about all the time. When your kids want to give back, that's pretty special. Now, is there, is there a correlation between how you've built I Believe and how you're helping build the program at Ohio State? Um, I, you know, my thing is uh, I've been lucky, like I said, because I've had great coaches that had really incredible visions. Um, I remember driving from Indianapolis in a car with Jolette Law the first time she got to campus. You know, because they, they, they interview you off campus, so you make these decisions. And to hear her vision over a two-hour drive, she knew exactly what she wanted for the program. And I think that, that it's the same way. You know, when, when Coach McGuff got here, I'll never forget, we're sitting in a hotel lobby, and he's telling me, this is what I want to do with this thing. And to see people that are so clear in their vision, and those are the ones that usually get it done because they – they have a very clear path on how they want to do it and at what level they want to do it at, and they're relentless workers. And I think that that's something that we haven't talked about. You got to be willing to work, mm-hmm. and 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 every one of those people that I mentioned were willing to do any and everything to make sure that they succeeded. And I, I think that that's what's really cool about um, building a program, and and that's what's great about it is that you start from the bottom, and each day. You have to do something else to help it grow. But when you get to the top, that's really the hardest part, I think, uh, is, is sustaining that. And yeah. Because what's happened is you have, you have great players that have helped build you, which allow you to get even greater players. And so you have to mesh those, them, mesh those together and, and be a part of a vision and a team and, and play for the, the name on the front instead of the one on the back. And I think that, as you know, at the end of the day, it's always about the vision. And, and that Kevin McGuff, to me, is one of the best in the world about that. Think about the programs that he changed. Xavier from a mid-major to a top-10 team, one layup away from beating Stanford for the Final Four. And then you got um, coming to Washington, getting players like Kelsey Plum and Chantel Oak uh, to come and be a part of that vision. Then he leaves for his dream job. Right. Um, and, and that team goes to the Final Four and then obviously taking this team to um, back-to-back Sweet 16. So, uh, listen, I, a lot of the time I'm just, hey, tell me what you need to do because they're so good at their jobs. It's just let me be a worker bee, man. It's, it's, it's their vision that, that we're trying to live up to every day. That's right. That's right. And um, check out um, the organization, check out the region, because uh, there's a lot of different organizations out there that you can give to and, and positively affect. Um, so it's just not about ours. It's about everybody. Uh, but, yeah, so the IBelieveFoundation.org. But I got one more question for you, Coach. Yeah. Uh-oh. Let's, let's, talk about, let's, let's talk about a minute about books. Let's oh. let's go let's go back and forth on some books that that people can read um, that have made a big impact for you. Well, I got I mean I got my book over there. I, the big one I've got is is uh, Who's Got Your Back by Keith Ferrazzi is really good. Okay. Um, but one of the ones that I really really enjoy is uh, is called Gang Leader for a Day, um, and it's uh, it's basically about a grad student from North I think it was Northwestern or maybe. 
Chicago State, an Indian guy who embedded himself into the inner city of Chicago. They thought he was actually Mexican or Hispanic. So they, they brought his inner circle and they talk about how basically in the gangs of Chicago, how it works just like in a regular business and the lessons he learned from it in terms of like the struggle that they have when when we look at other people and we kind of look down at them because that's sort of what human nature is when the reality is their struggles are the same they're just different levels you know their joys that's, are the same just different levels so that sounds those are, amazing i'm trying to think of another oh and the other book i really enjoyed um is uh is blink oh yeah, yeah blink's, blink's fantastic great it's it's a great book so those are kind of three books now i kind of listen to i try and just ingest some some podcast all the time because i think i'm getting again i'm getting old man i'm getting impatient to read the lines i just get let's get to the get it in the stuff. ear what about let's yours see. um let's see my favorite all-time book is a book called leadership and leadership and self-deception mm. uh it's by the arbinger institute it was the first book i read in mba school um by a professor um his name was jeffrey ford and he was an ob guy organizational behavior, which I think is probably the closest thing to coaching. Mm. Um, I think organizational behavior is like so close to what we do. But this book is incredible and it talks about, you know, being in the box and, and sort of telling yourself a story so many times that you start to believe it, even though it's not true. And I think that we do that a lot as coaches um, or we tell stories about other, like our players, though they can't do that, they can't do that, they can't do that. And then we start believing it. Right, right. Um, and so I think that that's really big. Um, and I love that book. It was a, it was really a life changer for me because it changed my perspective of like, man, do I really do that? You know, you start thinking like, is that me? Um, the other one is, um, that I really love was, uh, what's it called? Uh, sway, which is why do people in emotional situations make bad decisions? And what they, uh, what they do is they study like the greatest people in their given field and the people that made a mistake. And I'll give you an example. There was an airplane pilot that he wrote the book for the FFA or the FAA. And so he gets into a bad situation and he decides to take off and it kills 250 people. Wow. And they're saying, why would a guy that writes the book make this decision. And it just talks about that emotional mindset of when things get tough, yes. we, we really don't go back to like what makes us who we are and what makes sound decisions. Go back to like, this is what you should do. And um, I think that that's really important too, because we all get in a bind sometime and it's easy to sort of pick the easy way out. And uh, I think it's important that we stay true to like the discipline. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, those are books. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put that in the bottom of the comment section on YouTube when we post this and everything else. Coach, man, I appreciate your time, man. I, I, I know you're busy. I know you've got a lot of things going on. Good luck talking to your high school this weekend. Thank man, you. But I tell you, I know we've been trying to do this for a little while now. Um, you are a treat, man. I'm telling you, you are a light for a lot of people. I think you are great. And you truly are the epitome and the definition of what Be Contagious is all about, man. Thank you well, so much. Well, I appreciate it, man. And thanks for giving me the opportunity and asking me. Uh, this is this has been great, and I love what you're doing. Is just bringing light uh, to a lot of topics that we all can learn from, and I know I've already have learned. So thanks. All right, so have a good one, man. All right, you too. How about those amazing nuggets by Patrick Klein of the Ohio State 
University. Go ahead, reach out to him by email. He will get back to you right away. And if you're on the road recruiting and you see him, be sure to say hello to Patrick Klein. Guys, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you joining us on the BCLE. Please do me a favor. Go ahead, jump on iTunes or SoundCloud. Rate us, subscribe, leave a message. Let people know if we're truly making an impact on your life. Rate us a five or a one. It doesn't matter. I listen and I read to every single one of them. And we it is our duty to keep this thing going and make it better and better every single time. And please, if you want some more information on Always Be Contagious, visit the website, alwaysbecontagious.com. Sign up for our Juice newsletter, and every single month, you are going to get some great nuggets of information that will keep you going. Guys, don't forget, you are a light to other people. You are a great influence on others, and together, we can be contagious for the people around us. Have a good one, guys, and I'll talk to you later.